You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Corner Booth Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Klim, alongside my psychic, Kevin Langley. We have a big show for you guys today. Got a lot of random sports news around a lot of different leagues, so we'll get right into it. Kevin, your conference, the SEC, has admit, has made a small change. And you know what? It, it's kind of a good sign that leagues are adjusting to this pandemic we're in right now. What do you got for me? Uh, Starting yesterday, the SEC is allowing coaches to kind of reach out to players in sort of an online classroom setting that a lot of these colleges are going towards now. So they can still, yes, you can't be practicing with the team, but you can be kind of coached without being there by your team, kind of learning about what systems they want to run during the season, whenever that starts, and just kind of try to help the players stay up to speed on what's going on. I honestly love it. The SEC is, of course, you know, is the best conference in college football. Hopefully, you know, the ACC, <clears throat> Hurricanes catch up, Pac-12, Big Ten, Big 12, watch your mouth. Um, I think it's a good sign. I, I like seeing that these guys are adjusting. They want the show to go on. They want the season to start as soon as possible. I, I like the move. I, I think it's a good idea and uh, good for the, NC- the SEC for kind of getting ahead of the curve. Words to the NCAA quick. Um... They have approved uh, another year of eligibility for spring athletes. Uh, I think it's a classy move. I think, like, you know, the last time we had a pandemic was about 100 years ago, 1919. So it's kind of something a little unprecedented, but at this point it's an unprecedented time we're in. So good for the NCAA on making sure that some of these guys, like, they might have relied on their spring season to get themselves professional or even just, like, they want another year of classes to get their masters. So I, I like the idea. I think it's a really solid, smart move. I like the move. I'm surprised the NCAA is doing it. Unless they're just some star players they didn't want to leave yet and wanted to get some more money out of them. True. But uh, I do – I understand, but I don't love that the decision is not being also allowed to winter athletes who maybe – like, you know, the student athletes for basketball couldn't play in March Madness this year. I understand why, because they already played a chunk of their season, but I think they should continue having these discussions before the semester ends so these kids can decide, am I going to the draft or am I going to stay another year in school? Yeah. I mean, it's been so crazy because this all started, what, like March 11th? This all started happening. Leads were dropping like flies. So... It's going to be something weird. We're going to be in this for another couple of months. And uh, I, I, don't, I feel like we're not done with the NCAA changes. I think they're going to try to find ways to make this better because they got to adjust. It's, it's all about adjusting to the new situation. So, But moving on, we got a lot of NFL stuff to talk about. So first off, the NFL had two big headlines today. The first one, Kev, they are announced going forward 14 14 teams will make the playoffs instead of 12. Three wildcard teams, only one team gets an actual bye. You and me have argued about this already. I love it because you're going to see, yes, on the high end, you will see a team like Tennessee knock off a two seed, and it's going to be absolute chaos. 
on the low end, which is what you're saying, is going to be a blowout of a team that's eight and eight getting smoked by a 14 and two team. But I think the happy medium could be something fun. I also think that the NFL is trying to squeeze more money out of it. It's an extra playoff game. Maybe have it on Monday night. I don't know. They already said it's going to be over the weekend on, I think, January 9th and 10th, I think this is when these games would be. I forget. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't hate this move as much. It's when they were talking about adding a game to the regular season and this extra game on top of it. Yeah, I mean, I was getting greedy. Yep. And I think the weirdest part of this, though, is that they what nation or what um, networks would be covering these games? CBS is one of them, and Nickelodeon is the other one, and that one is going to be geared towards a younger market. I mean, it's ingenuitive, it's smart. I, I mean, I don't know I'm sure about the execution, but at this point, the NFL's like been like the smartest league about trying to make more money. Why not try to attack like the younger generation with the stars like Juju? Who are like so loved, not just for like their move, their dance moves, but like because like you know for the Fortnite craze and all other crap. So it's it's honestly kind of ingenious if you think about it. I do think these game the games on Nickelodeon should be they should talk to teams like the star players and teams that didn't make the playoffs or hell maybe even one of the teams if they got a buy, talk to one of their guys and be like, hey, do you want to do this? Like take some time just. Uh, commentate on this game. You don't even have to be there. We'll set up a stream for you. Because then, you know, be like, oh, look, mommy, mommy, that's a, uh, that's a, uh, uh, who's the team? You know, I don't want to see, oh, that's a Sean Jackson. Can I get his jersey? Oh, that's Patrick Mahomes. Can I get his jersey? It's fan votes. It, it's it's marketing. It's it's free publicity. Oh, it's for like genius. a seven-year-old kid. Like, you know, like, let's say, like, you know, I got a son, six years old, watching the game on Nickelodeon in a couple years. He's like, oh, my God. Um, Carson Wentz is doing commentary on the no Miles Sanders do commentary on the uh, Buccaneers versus the uh, I don't know Cowboys in the wild card round. Can I get can I get his jersey? I'm like, well, one he's an Eagles player, so yes, but it's, it's a smart idea. It's extra I was market. gonna say I think you're just gonna have a bunch of jerseys for your kid for every like you could be born he or she, and you're just gonna have a lineup of jerseys. For him to wear, him or her to wear until they're like 20. Well, Kev, we already established this. I could marry any, oh, I just don't care who my, what my roots for. Cowboys or Buccaneers, I don't care. My kids will be Eagles fans or the divorce papers are coming. See, I, my thing with that is I'm completely okay if they're not a Patriots fan or if they don't want our kids to be Patriots fans. Our kids are going to be Alabama fans. I can give a crap about if they're Canes fans or not. I do. My wife would be like, hey, I hate the Patriots. We're not raising our kids being Patriots. And first off, I'm still going to be a Patriots fan. B, that's fine, but they're watching Alabama football every Saturday. Listen, hopefully by the time I have actually have kids, my hurricanes aren't crap anymore. So, yeah, well, what, are you going to wait 40 years to adopt a kid? I hate you. Um, we know. It's a common theme today. Oh, my God. All right. So, the other news was the NFL announced they're trying to – they are expected to start the regular season on time. I like this headline for three reasons, Kevin. One, it's optimism. It's hope. It's, you know, 
it's along the same lines of that John Krasinski thing. John Krasinski's thing to do with Steve Carell. It's the state, the positive news, good vibe, like all that kind of stuff. What we need in this kind of time. Football, fo- sports fans, hearing something that's going to start on time that you're worried about, unlike morons like Kirk Herbstreit, like, oh, it's going to start late. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody gives a crap about your opinion, Herb Street. Not even Ohio State likes you anymore. So, the fact the NFL said, all right, we're going to try to get, we're going to, we're expected to start on time. That's good news. Especially for Kev, like you guys are you and me, who won and NFL reporters who have jobs that rely on the NFL training camp and everything else, as well as these this rookie class coming out who wants to have an actual season. Yes, the offseason can be a little odd, but then again, so is the season we had the strike. So, second reason I love this is the obvious reason of we'll get football at a normal time. There's no worry about waiting. And the third is most revenue for the team. I, I basically explained it all in one shot, but I, I like this headline. I hate this headline. I think it's completely unrealistic. So I think by saying we're going to start on time when they don't, which I'm almost positive they won't because of they would have to shorten the off season stuff. New guys on teams would be screwed. Rookies also who need all the training camps they can get to get up to speed on NFL action need this or else they're going to suck out the gates most of the time. They need that. So I think for all those reasons, they're going to have to delay the season. And then when they do that, it's just going to suck that much more for everyone else. It's a little bit happier now seeing that, but the little bit of happiness we're getting from it now is just going to be heartbreak later on. I also think that we've also survived on short NFL offseason before. The lockout, Kevin's class, it, I, I've seen it happen before. It wasn't the worst offseason. I mean, it was because we were all hoping, like, oh, my God, please, for the love of Christ, let this not happen. Also, remember when free agency was in August or, like, July. Remember that? That was the Dream Team offseason. Yeah. <laughs> As an Eagles fan, that was the, that was the greatest offseason of all time. And then come, like, September, it's like, what the hell? Which gets back to what I was saying, though. It's giving you hope. The Dream Team gave you hope as an Eagles fan, and then once they stepped on the field, you were so disappointed. And Until I think this like December, cool. when they actually figured out how to play, and there were one blown coverage from Cromartie away from going to the playoffs. And you were distraught because of that. I mean, I had just gotten my first girlfriend. I was not distraught, but <laughs> football related, you were distraught. Yeah, 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 true. All right. Um,. Next up, Kev, you got something about Eric Reed for me. I can't stand this guy, but go for it. Him, Eric Reed, for those who don't know, safety, played for the Panthers, played for the 49ers. He's been in the news last couple of years because he was also kneeling like Kaepernick and was part of the suit against the NFL. Also called Malcolm Jenkins, the leader of the Players Coalition, a sellout. Yes. He's back with lawyers. He wants a probe and a revote of the CBA because according to him and his lawyers, they said that the language of the newly agreed upon CBA was changed after the vote by the players. The, that, the CBA won by a, the slimmest of margins, like 1,019 to 953. 
in favor. And Reed's been critical of it from the beginning. But I just hate this move. I don't get it. You you have shown that you love bringing lawyers into things. Why are you doing it again? The way I look at it is, Ed Reed, uh, Eric Reed, not, no, I shouldn't even describe his name and then the great Ed Reed. Um, Kevin knows my love for Ed Reed. Uh, I hate the Canes and the Ravens, and I love Ed Reed. I think you can't hate Ed Reed. No. He's like one of the greatest football, like, football, like, personalities of all time. Like that I'm hurt dog speech, that'll get me run through a wall. True. You did retweet that. Like four times. And send and you sent me your retweet of it on its on Twitter. You retweeted it and then <laughs> sent it to me in the DMs. Cause I love Ed. Uncle Ed. Alright. Not to the lesser read. Um read Eric with an I. What? Read with an I. Yeah, so he automatically sucks automatically. Um, yep. Eric Reed, I really had no opinion on Eric Reed. I didn't really, you know, I was all for. The, we, everyone knows my opinion on the whole Kaepernick thing. Ed Reed lost all my respect the day the Eagles took on the Panthers last September, October, and Reed took cheap shots at Zach Ertz, Malcolm Jenkins, and Carson Wentz because he felt that Malcolm Jenkins was a sellout, so he was going to try to injure everyone in the Eagles. Eric Reed's crazy. He's nuts. He latched on the Kaepernick's thing. Kaepernick lost his focus. And Reed, not having anything to glow onto, went crazy. It's not a good move right now for the CBA. One, because the nation's got other things to worry about more than if it's a, a matter of language this small. Uh, you know, we're dealing with a global pandemic. Um, also, it was passed by, what was it, a couple hundred votes? Uh, about a, less than 100, I think. All right, so maybe less than 100 votes. We just passed the CBA. Dude, nobody cares about your opinion anymore. You were just doing this to stay relevant. I mean, I think maybe investigating it just to make sure might be a good idea, but that'd be it. Shut up, Eric. Just the fact that you barely got re-signed should tell me all you need to know. I, I don't have an issue with him bringing it up now. I think now is the time to bring it up as opposed to five years into it. It did just it did only win by 60 votes. Yeah. However, and the the NFL is refusing to comment on it. The NFLPA is refusing to comment on it until their lawyers can look at it. Look at the complaints. But if any other player brought this forward, I don't think any other player would. But if Cam Newton or Tom Brady or Demarius Thomas, or anyone else, literally people on rosters, not on rosters currently, anyone but Eric Reed brought this up, I'd be like, okay, maybe we should look into that. But if Eric Reed then tries to parlay this into, oh, no, I'm being blackballed from the league, yeah, you brought lawyers into it again. No one's going to want to sign you. They're not conspiring against you. It's individual teams realizing it would be a horrible idea to sign this man. Can I? All right. So the whole blackballing thing. Let's 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 break this down here, folks. You guys know I'm a film guy, Kevin. You know how much film I watch. It's a little disturbing. I think I need a hobby. Um, one time I sent Kevin my notes on watching the receiver film. I watched about four hours worth in about a day. Um, 
Eric Reed. I'm going to break down his style right now. He was a flawed safety when he was drafted at LSU. He's a hit stick magnet. It's kind of sloppy in coverage. Very athletic. But if you really want my honest to God opinion, he's a C minus, C plus, B minus safety at best. But then you add this to it. If I'm okay, so if I'm an NFL team, I need a safety. I would rather call up Eric Berry first, who's a little older, but I know is not gonna is gonna be a leader on my team, rather than call Eric Reed up. He, so that's why the whole black ball thing doesn't work for me. It's like, dude, you were marginal to begin with, and then you give people another reason not to sign you. I don't get Eric. Look, I would rather call up retired Ed Reed. It go, hey, you want to see if you still got it? it Uncle Ed! Roll around the backfield, see what you can do. Then it's sign awful. Eric Reed right now. Yeah. But also, do I think Colin Kaepernick was blackballed by the league? No. I don't think they came together and conspired, let's not give this man a job. However, he was he was a decent starting quarterback. He had the skill. He was on a bad team, made in had some bad games. But the headache he caused was it's not worth his talent it, level. It added too much. Eric Reed is the same kind of player without the skill. Colin Kaepernick could start on a bad, an NFL team with a bad quarterback situation when he was last on a team. He's kind of fallen off since then, talent wise. But yes, I see your point. That's why I said when he was last on an NFL yeah. team. Yeah. Three years ago, Colin Kaepernick, honestly, could have started on the Jaguars, Buccaneers, or if you're, uh, can you name any teams. But. I- at the time, he also could have then been a backup for any team in the league that wasn't one of those quarter teams. But his ego out. wouldn't allow it either. What? His ego would not allow it. His ego wouldn't allow it, but also, and then taking the political stuff, teams don't want that much of a headache from a backup. Unless they have like a Tom Brady as a starting quarterback. Even then, they don't. They're not going to want to deal with that. Tom Brady could go out and throw for five touchdown passes a weekend. Oh, do you hear about Colin Kaepernick? What's with the deal? No one wants that. Eric Reed's the same kind of guy but doesn't have the capacity to be a starter. Also at a position where there's so much depth and ability and talent that, like, I'm surprised he even still has a job. I honestly think the NFL might have just called up the Panthers like, hey, you guys need a safety somewhere? Like, you have room on your depth chart. Can you just sign him so he stops all this? (laughs) And then he didn't stop it, so he's going to be out of a job again and probably try to sue the NFL again. I think he's on a one-year deal, so. <clears throat> did he settle with, like, Kaepernick did? I don't know. Because if he did, that means we're done with Eric Reed forever. Because those settlement agreements generally have a clause in there. Because you're settling now, you can't sue us later. Exactly. Hopefully he did. Hopefully the NFL lost a little money there so we don't have to hear from Eric Reed ever again. And the thing is, like... <clears throat> this has become more irritating than the concussion stuff five years ago. This is more irritating than <clears throat> the CBA five, seven, eight years ago, whatever it was. When I look at the whole Eric Reed situation, I'm just like, dude, shut up. Nobody cares. Like, if the NFL did do some Chris Gedge shit, yes. But it's the fact that you said something. If, like, Eric Fisher or... um. Who's the uh, who's the who's the guy from uh, the Rams? Who is the CBA head? Or Malcolm Jenkins or Drew Brees? Tom Brady? It doesn't matter. Says something, then yes, I am buying into this. 
I think it's Eric Winston. I mean, I don't know who their lead or their yeah, player. He's a U guy. I, re- I remember he was a Miami. He was a tackle at Miami. But either way, all I'm saying is that it's just because it's Eric Reed who said it, it delegitimizes this whole complaint. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, J.C. Treader is the president. Okay. Who did he play for? Uh, the Browns. He's a center. Also, some right. big name players in this list. Oh yeah. But like, but with the concussion stuff, like how you said, this is more annoying than that. Yeah, because the concussion stuff, there was a consistent message. It was and legitimacy it was, too. It was a legitimate concern. Colin Kaepernick saying whether or not you agree with the kneeling, disagree with the kneeling. What he was kneeling for was a legitimate concern at the time. Nationwide. Like I said, before, like I said a thousand times. Because listen, I had to tell my black best friend. One, I grew the message, but he fumbled on the execution. And that's the issue. Uh, we don't need to get in political debate. Yeah, I don't either. But with Eric Reed, it seems at this point, he's just latching on to anything to stay relevant. Because I guarantee you, if he didn't come forward with this about the CBA this offseason, he would not have been news. He might have been a footnote <clears throat> that some team maybe signed them to a minimum deal. Yeah, I remember, like, the, I think the Panthers re-signed them. That was it. That's the only thing I heard about him. And also, I think he's maybe a little peeve that Kaepernick got, because he's separated from Kaepernick. Like, now he's not on the same side as Kaepernick. That Kaepernick got endorsed himself from Nike. Eric Reed didn't get squat. Probably because Kaepernick was a better player. Oh, got him. Hot take, Eric Reed's not a good safety. Also hot take, <laughs> Luke Warren take, he was a liability in coverage. I remember his draft tape. The whole thing on him was like he was a downhill safety, like a Landon Collins type. But unlike Collins, he didn't have good ball instincts. Yeah, also, I mean, he's not that big, is he? No, he's like 6'2". How much does he weigh, though? He doesn't look like a big dude. 6'1", 214. That's the size of a cornerback. Yeah, like... See, I miss the days of, like, LaRon Landry, all right? Like, safeties that can take your helmet clean off your head. Like, Landon Collins is only six foot, but he's 216 and looks relatively built. He's a moose. Um, I mean, I shouldn't talk. Philadelphia's safeties are both under, under 200 pounds, so. <clears throat> are they decent in coverage, though? <clears throat> um, One is a converted corner. The other one decapitated Emmanuel Sanders. Okay, so either way, you have you're either gonna be a hard hitter or be able to cover guys. Yeah. Eric Reed can't really do either. He can hit. He can hit okay. He is a decent tackler, but can't really cover, and not a hard hitter. So, and he's not big enough to move to linebacker. No, he's not. It's not like a Mark Barris situation where he's was so slow he had to move to linebacker. Yeah. Look, if he was a big dude and suck, just put him at linebacker. He'd probably be an okay middle linebacker. But yeah. All right, we just spent so, way too much time talking about Eric Reed. Oh my God, we just we just made his whole point legitimate. <laughs> All right, last thing I got, <clears throat> we got more. We got breaking news: the Ngakwe situation. Um, so today Ngakwe tweeted out basically calling the Jaguars saying, "Let a man make his money." At the same time, he also tweeted out a picture of Brian Dawkins. 
This man is telling Jacksonville he wants to go to Philadelphia. I still am not buying it yet, only because I know Howie Roseman is not going to give excess capital. He is the – if there's anything I can learn from Howie Roseman's trades, he will not make it if he can't make a profit off it. Basically, the Ajayi trade, a fourth-round pick for a running back who won a Super Bowl, profit. Darius Slay, third and a fifth that were both compensatory picks or could be replaced by compensatory picks for Darius Slay, steal. Threw him a large contract that basically expires in three years when he's out of his prime. Steal. The reason he didn't shell out for for Hop, uh, um, it makes me rip my hair out, but the reason he shell out for Mike Evans, he didn't want to give up a, a first and a second last year for him. I get it. So, I'm waiting for ja- – the problem is Jacksonville is still on their, like, Jalen Ramsey smell. Like, they still think they're going to get first and seconds for all their chop players. Yes, Ngakwe is one of the best young pass rushers in the league by a mile. The issue is, is they lost their leverage when he's doing this. He's tweeting this out, trying to force the trade. Even if he doesn't go to Philly, I don't think he'll be a Jaguar by season start. Because any no team wants to deal with this. Two, Jacksonville needs to start over. Get rid of Fournette. Get rid of Ngakwe. Start over. Have Minshew be the center of this. You really want the fucking Panther King to start this, or Jaguar King, whatever you want to call him, to be the centerpiece of this. Do it. Go draft a running back. Trade back. Draft Swift at like 20 at 20. Maybe go get another receiver in the second, third round. Offensive line, corner, start over. Because the old guard, that old team that was like one holding call away from being an AFC champions is dead. It's all gone. Trade it all away. I think it's funny we're talking about how they need to move on from a team that didn't even make a Super Bowl. It went right? like three and thirteen. Well, they're clinging the on to an identity that's not there anymore. They're and holding that, on to an identity that was barely there to begin with. I know. Like here's the thing: that team, yes, that team was one holding caller from knocking your boys out. But at the same time, they also were one Blake Bortles away from knocking your boys out. Yeah, look, if they had a better quarterback, yeah, if they, they were, you playing quarterback, they probably could have won that game. If they had a better quarterback, they probably would still have Jalen Ramsey. They probably would have made the Super Bowl, probably would have made the playoffs last year, probably would have made the playoffs this year. Oh, totally. And know what the worst part is? Ramsey's back injury that magically healed. <laughs> oh, he just wanted he just wanted out. He wanted to Oh no, no, gone. I knew that instantly. Because the thing is, like, back back about a month and a half ago, oh, no, about six months ago, I thought it was like, oh, my God, we're going to get Jalen Ramsey in the midseason. I'm like, no, because Howie's not going to deal with three first-round picks for him. Which, honestly, was probably the right move because L.A. is screwed now. Oh, yeah, their salary cap may be the worst in the NFL besides Kansas City's. See, I found a way to drop that fact for me today. Oh, so, how, how small is their How small is their margin? A hundred and seventy-seven dollars. I have more than that in my wallet. <laughs> the second lowest is the Patriots, which is hysterical because Tom Brady's counting for dead cap. Is eighty-three thousand dollars. There's about an eighty-two thousand eight hundred and twenty-three dollar difference between those two. Yeah, that's terrifying. Oh my god! When I say about because it's like really eighty two thousand six hundred ninety one or something like that for the Patriots. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, so no what? one in the comments. 
Yeah. Also, another move that a guy might be on the move in the next couple of days is uh, Sammy Watkins and Brandon Cooks. Look out for them to get moved. I've heard Cooks and Philadelphia. Cooks and Philadelphia might be a thing because Roseman doesn't feel like paying for anybody younger. <clears throat> and the the uh, there might be a restructure deal in that. There might be a J- Alshon Jeffrey for Cooks swap because Cooks' contract is worse than Jeffrey's, but Cooks will take a restructure. Jeffrey may not. So I don't know. It's going to be crazy because, like, <clears throat> also – we're going to see a lot more trades as we get closer to the draft as well. True. I don't think <clears throat> Jeffrey for Cook swap will do it. <clears throat> Just because I feel like the Rams are trying to get back some of the draft picks they traded away. Oh, no. That would probably be like Cooks for Jeffrey in a fourth, and that would probably be the only way Philadelphia would make that move. I don't think that move will happen then. Yeah, exactly. Here's the thing. I don't think it's going to happen unless they cut, cut Cooks because Philadelphia's not trying to give them any more picks because – I already said on mock draft episode last week, they want to move up, and they got to keep that capital to move up. True. Where are the Ram- Where are the Rams drafting though? It's like second round. Oh yeah, I forgot. I, I just talked about it. I forget they don't have their own first round pick. They won't have it again, so we're thirty. Thanks, Jalen Ramsey. Jesus Yo, imagine if he walks after this season. That's imagine, gonna be like if some... he, imagine if he gets another back injury. And at that That's point, it's like, oh, two two back injuries, he's a locker room problem. Uh, we'll give you like you a third hysterical form. is that Marcus Peters was the better cornerback this season. Yeah. If you ask me right now, yeah, I would want Marcus Peters because you know why? I'd rather interceptions over deflections. <clears throat> yeah. An interception, no. a pick six can flip a game's momentum, even if you're down by four touchdowns. Yeah. No, it's – I would rather have Marcus Peters any day of the week. Well, here's the thing. It was, it was the whole Byron Jones, Darius Slay argument. And this is, I, you know, I follow on Eagles page on Facebook, Twitter, because being a diehard Eagles fan, I see guys like, where do we get Byron Jones? I'm like, look at Darius Slay. Like, yes, Slay's older, but cornerbacks come out of the SEC a dime a dozen. They're good. <clears throat> yeah. Well, also, I like Byron Jones. I think he's a good cornerback. I, I hold him in higher esteem than you do. I think he's a good cornerback. I just don't think he's elite. He got paid I think he's better than you think he is, but also, anyone who's complaining about the Eagles not getting him when they got Darius Slay needs to stop. No, 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 no. It was, it was like, it was like Rath the Slay contract and talking about Slay's age. I'm like, why do you, like, guys, this is Asante Samuel 2.0, but unlike then, we're going to have a rookie receiver with good veterans, a great tight end with a good defense. It's, it's 08 all over again, but unfor- but thank God McNabb is not our quarterback. <laughs> the the what crazy about me is the Byron Jones um Darius Slay debate is you get it's two different things. It's the same thing with the Rams and Marcus Peters. Slay makes interceptions, can lock down big play receivers, but is not the athletic freak and is not as young as Byron Jones is. Now Byron Jones could be like an elite cornerback. Once he gets out of Dallas, because he's basically the only like decent player in Dallas in the secondary. But we won't know that until this year. 
Whereas Slay, it's a proven commodity that we got for a steal. I will take that every day of the damn week over a possibility of Byron Jones being a late corner. Especially where we have a quarterback who's 26 years old, a, a still top five deep threat who's 33. We're fighting to draft another receiver at 21 or move up to, a, to the best tight end duo in the league and in a budding elite running back who's 22 years old. I will take that over taking a risk on a cornerback who's going to need to develop a little more. That's just my thinking there. True. Unrelated. But okay. you talk about Asante Samuel a lot. I love that man. I fucking hate him. I saw my Samuel jersey hanging up. I want him to sign it. I'm going to find him. I hate that and Miami. burn it. We're going to do this. Because we're on video scape right now, folks. So I'm going to pull it out the cap. Because I hold this man in such high esteem. I love this little bastard. I will buy that from you just to burn it. Hell no. I actually, my first tour of the Eagles Stadium was a month and a half after he got signed. I wore that jersey so much that the letters are wearing off. I love Asante Samuel. the Patriots a perfect season. I know. But then we got to Philadelphia and became a shutdown corner again. It was hysterical. He was a pro bowler that year. How could you not pick off that pass? If he had picked that off, the Patriots have seven Super Bowls in a perfect season. Fuck you, Asante Samuel. <laughs> I love us. That's the other reason I love him. <laughs> you know what the best part is? After y'all were going to cut him, a coach of mine from my indoor flag team that I was playing on while I was in middle school said to me, inside information, he's going to the Jets. I get home from work next day. I got a text from my buddy Joe, who's a dire pitch fan. You guys got to stop that Samuel. I'm like, what? Because, <laughs> listen, as a kid, I grew up with Lito Shepard and Sheldon Brown. Sheldon Brown's fame was knocking the daylights out of Reggie Bush. Lito Shepard for picking off uh, Tony Romo for 107 yards. But, like, I just, I, I, just I Samuel. I know. And I just so, pulled back. Yeah, I'm just talking about this. <laughs> Can we stop talking right. about this? Kev, you got some weird stuff for me or what? Oh, I do. All right, let's rock. You know, last episode I said Seattle baseball could have its own episode of weird shit. Oh, God, I'm excited now. There are three teams in professional sports history that have lasted one year in a city. Can you name those teams? Um... Are they teams that are displaced by natural disasters? No. No, they moved to a new city full-time. For only one year? They were in a city for one year and then moved the next for the next season. Um, I cannot name a single one. I feel the, like one's very, like, new, like, one's very recent. 1960 is not recent. Okay, so I would, okay. 1970 is not recent either. Okay. One in the NFL, the Los Angeles Chargers, played the 1960 season in L.A., immediately jumped ship to San Diego until they went back to L.A. One is the Seattle Pilots, who were playing in a minor league stadium that had sudden 
Uh, they suddenly try to build it up quickly to get a professional team. And because a Kansas City team moved, a uh, senator from Kansas City said he would sue the MLB if they didn't get a team immediately. That's how they got the Royals. But the American League liked getting two teams at the same time. So they got the Seattle Pilots, which moved into a minor league stadium. It was Six Stadium is what it was called, S-I-C-K apostrophe S. And it had plumbing issues. It's now the site of a Lowe's, actually. Interesting. So the Seattle Pilots moved to Milwaukee. And the third team, in 1901, the original Milwaukee Brewers, after one season, moved to St. Louis to become the St. Louis Browns. That must be the most disheartening thing to live in a city and have a team move after a year. I think the weirdest part of that, though, is that a U.S. senator threatened to sue Major League Baseball if they did give him a team. Dude, it was a different time back then. Baseball was like religion to most to America. I mean, to you guys like you and me, it still is. Like, I am praying I get to see Diamondbacks baseball at some point this year. <clears throat> it's true. So We're both you a diehard Diamondbacks fan. Exactly. Kev is on a rental deal for at least a year plus, depending on how long the Chris Sale injury goes. Also, if, God forbid, this baseball season doesn't play or is a shortened season, this rental deal will carry through to the next year. I'm getting another year of eligibility. Like, well, I'm an we also have a shirt in the works for all you di- people who are welcome to Diamondbacks Nation. I will post this on all the Diamondbacks pages I am friends with on Facebook and Twitter who follow me. Because I got some friends in Arizona who love my tweets. I'm going to get this thing sold everywhere. Overnight, Arizona Diamondbacks become the most popular team in all of baseball. Thanks to Jerry Club. Number one fan right here. All right. Uh, yeah, I love my snakes, man. I, I, I am been a, I mm, there was that one one year two or three year period where I like rooted for the Yankees just because my Diamondbacks were so bad. And like all my family and friends were Yankees fans, so I just kinda just like whatever. I just want you to know. Yes. And I know I'm cutting you off. But you hate the Dodgers so much for having such a high payroll every year. Why would you go root for the Yankees? I loved A-Rod. I was a power-hitting third baseman. So I idolized... Did you steroids, I, too? I don't give a shit about the steroids. I never did. You knew that. Yeah. I wrote a whole article about why they should let him in. Um. Also, A-Rod is a bitch. In the playoffs, oh, he's running down the third ba- first baseline. He's about to get tagged out. Slaps the ball out of some Red Sox player's yeah. hands. Kev, Kev, you realize I know all this, but as a chubby little nine-year-old kid who could hit dingers, confirmed on steroids as well. I was on steroids. I was on Slim Jims. Oh, one time, I actually, funny story quick before we go to the last call, I had a umpire almost check my mouth because I was spitting out Slim Jim juice that looked like dip. I was 11 years old. Just Madison Bumgarner 2.0. Mad bum. I love that. I love that man. <laughs> you know. Oh my god. I would never honestly, I I will partake in some red man occasionally. I will never do that on baseball. I don't like the way I feel while I'm doing that stuff. <clears throat> Sunflower seeds are gum. That's it for me. I, I can't I can't do anything else. I got yelled at once in baseball for chewing gum. Because my girl's like, spit it out, it's distracting you, and then I struck out because I sucked at baseball after spitting it out. Oh, 
the worst thing I ever did was one time I hit a pop-up so high, the first baseman lost in the sun, and I thought I was walking back to the dugout and he dropped it, and my coach made me do 60 push-ups in the dugout for the 60 feet to home from first base. Dude, can't give up on the play. Yeah, Um. after that, I ran out everything. One time I think I, I hit a ground ball to first. I slid into first to beat the tag. Oh, you want a Stone Cold Steve story? Yes, we need a Stone Cold Steve story today. So I used to live at uh, Marlboro, Massachusetts. Uh, moved when I was three, but my dad had been playing in a softball league since before I was born. Okay. And he said this season might be his last year. He's been saying for a couple of years, but he says his body now hurts the entire week after. It feels better like Saturday afternoon, and then he has to play again Sunday morning. So our last game this year, the other team needed more players. And I was like, I don't care. I'll just play for them because I sucked. So I played. They put me in the outfield because I'm just fast. And my dad had not hit a home run in years. And it was a pretty high fence. In I think they put me in right field. Pretty high fence. Last at bat. My dad hits a fucking bomb <laughs> oh, right over my head. And I told him, like, it, you could see when he hit it, I go, ah, oh, goddammit. I start running for it. I go, oh, shit, that's way over my head. And then I start go, go, going over the fence. I was like, okay, good, because I would have been burned bad. I mean, my dad never was the best hitter. Baseball really wasn't a sport. My dad was a good soccer player. As me and Kevin remember our drunken kickoff and throwoff contest on the vineyard when I thought I broke my toes. Yeah, I probably messed up my shoulder doing that. Yeah, well, the story goes my dad was an ex-soccer player, so he's punting a football barefoot about 50, 60 yards over our house. Then me, the semi-pro, like the amateur quarterback, is throwing it back to him about 50, 60 yards. My drunk ass tried to punt it barefoot back to him, and I had to make sure my toes weren't broken the next morning. I would also like to point out that that punt, instead of going for it, it went like to the left into the bushes. <laughs> I made Kevin go get it. No, I was pissed because it was closer to you, but you thought you broke your foot. So I was yeah, like, I was freaking out for a second because I just healed off a knee injury like two weeks earlier. Yeah, at least you didn't hurt your knee again. <sighs> I don't want to bring that up. All right. Uh, that was uh, a fun week. Oh, my, oh yeah. I, the amount of alcohol we consumed that week was insane. We kept James's liquor store in, in, in business. Jared drilling my head off a post. <laughs> Listen, if your ass wasn't limp, it probably would have been easier to carry you up the stairs. Shout out to your sister for being a sweetheart, though, and, like, making me a Tupperware container just putting it in the fridge for when I woke up. Yeah, you needed that food. I don't know if I ate it. I don't even remember if you did. I don't even – like, that that, that whole week towards the end was just a blur. All right. Because I remember I woke up, and your sister and Sarah and Teddy were, like, came upstairs like, you're all alive? Dude, I was impressed because I was hungover, and I stopped drinking before you blacked out. This has become a weird podcast. Folks, you can tell it's slow in sports since we're recanting our stories from vacation. This is a fun week, though. Oh, it was great. Are you kidding me? Me and Kev found out as a tag team, we're unstoppable in beer pong. That, too. Steph Curry I love that picture still of you putting me in a headlock. Oh, that's that's literally one of my Tinder pictures. Love it. I think that might be one of mine, too. Okay. Fair enough. All right. All right. So, last call quick. So, folks. We have the NFL season starting soon, and I think we should really appreciate 
football this year. One, we're going to have one of the funnest rookie classes of all time. Not only do we have five starting quarterbacks who have a shot at playing this year, we also bought seven or eight receivers who are going to be bona fide starters. And it's not like one of those drafts where it's like 15 offensive linemen, 12 defensive tackles, three linebackers, and a safety. Those drafts make my ears bleed. I'm just saying like, oh, it's a great pick. Yay. <laughs> and so this offseason, I think it's, it's, it's building excitement. Yes, we may have to start a week or two later. That's fine. But at the same time, I am ecstatically happy that we're going to have such a fun rookie class. And as now we see the curve of rookies starting to lower a little bit, I don't know. I, I just I'm excited for like a younger kind of infusion of the receiver class and quarterback class because I feel like we're about to see the change in the guard. We got Breeze with two years left, Rivers one year left, Bray with two years left. It's gonna be interesting seeing this going forward. Now, also, don't be surprised if you next year you see Dak on a different team. You see, because I don't think this contract getting done. I don't know if Brady's going to play a second year in Tampa. I have a feeling it could go bad, and he's just undone. And also, I expect the Colts to go like 3-13 and because Rivers is going to throw a zillion interceptions. This could also be uh, Breeze's last year. I can see it too. They also apparently, Monday Football is offering him like an eight-figure contract to replace Manning. Or what Manning should have been. Yeah, apparently, because Sean Payton was going on some radio shows and said Drew Brees came back for his final year, so there's speculation that he's done after this. Yeah, I think the two-year contract, I've noticed this about the NFL a lot, the two-year contract was basically just in Drew Brees is like, all right, yeah, I'll do this one more time. Um, I don't think the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl this year. So this is, this Brees is going to go out with only two rings, but or one ring. Two rings? One ring. One ring. Yeah. One ring, zero MVP, still a first ballot Hall of Fame. Completely. Um, he's our generation's Dan Marino, but finished when he got there. True. Um, I love Breeze. I hate the team he plays for. Love the city he plays in. Weird combination. I have a weird relationship with the world. Um, I like the Saints partially just because my good friend Ryan at school, she was a huge Saints fan. I mean, I got I got friends. I I had a friend of a Panthers fan, man, because he's from Carolina. It's weird. NFL fan is odd. I kind of adopt my friends' teams as well. Like one of my friends, he was a huge Packers fan, so I kind of rooted for them this year. And then we had Savannah. Oh yeah, I, I that stopped real quick. But now well, that listen, so, listen, I have no problem with Savannah. She was a great, she was a fun co-host to have, and I wish her the best Good of per- luck. Great person too. Great person, like one of the nicest people I ever met in my life. But I, that girl... I, I just couldn't agree with her on her Packers takes. The bias she threw in the takes, and I'm like, Savannah, you just need to report for Packers Network because I swear to God, she tried to... Say, she, when she, my favorite tweet, and I'm not trying to roll on her, was when she said Aguilar was a superstar and Kev had to hold me back. The man who basically cost Philadelphia two wins this year. No, that was about the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders got a superstar. But Aguilar cost us because the, the Raiders are his mom, her mom's team. She, yeah. Her mom was friends with Willie Brown, RIP, one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. Um, or like knew him or so, somehow she knew him. It was it was a pretty cool story. But she said that Aguilar was a, a star corner, and I almost was like, Kev's like, Jared, if she just tweeted this, and I'm like, God damn. 
if she only knew the horror of watching him drop a wide open touchdown against the Falcons. And oh wait, he dropped the touchdown and faked a knee injury against the Patriots. I know I'm hard on Carson. That was a beautifully thrown ball. Bro, listen, Carson Wentz may be the best back foot thrower in the league because ha- because uh, it's funny. Because his first year, his offensive line was so bad after Lane Johnson got suspended that that boy was throwing off his back foot every other throw. He also had Jordan Matthews and a bunch of rejects to throw to his first year. True. Oh, oh, and Nelson Aguilar, who had, like, PTSD from dropping footballs. Also true. So I'm, I'm optimistic for my red, for Ginger Jesus this year. Uh, we've been rambling for, like, 20 minutes. So that about wraps it up for us today for the most odd episode we've had in a while. Uh, heads up, Rafael Contreras, uh, the founder of 3-Point Conversion, is going to be coming on in a couple days. He's a fun guy to talk to. Last time he came on, you remember Sunday Conversation. We even debated on if Lamar Jackson was the next Michael Vick or not. It was a really cool conversation. Uh, we also may have our friend David Prince, resident Bears fan, come on and defend himself about his Nick Foles take. And a few more guests, maybe some fans that are loyal listeners, maybe coming on to do a little segment. It's going to be fun. Guys, don't worry. Even though it's quarantine, sports news is slow. Me and Kev still find a way to fill up an hour. We'll talk to you guys later in the week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.